And welcome to another edition of Odyssey House Journals. I'm Trip Mitchell, joined as always by Randall Carlisle, formerly of Channel 4 News. For a long, long time. And how many other stations were you anchor on? So you've got Dallas, you've got how many I've markets? I've got Minneapolis, Dallas, Colorado Springs, Dayton, Salt Lake twice. So I was at KUTV in Salt Lake back in 1980. Because I remember your former co-anchor, Terry Wood. Yes. Who, I just read about him this morning. Ironically, by the way, if you're turning on this show, this isn't old times with old anchors. <laughs> this is a show about addiction and recovery and the many wonderful people in the Salt Lake metropolitan area who are there to help people with recovery. Right. But Terry is now the spokesman for the, uh, for the athletic... DABC. Yes. Alcoholic beverage. <laughs> yes, yes. We're still friends, even though I don't drink anymore, so... You're, and he doesn't get a discount on booze, so, you know. <laughs> well, it is funny how you guys have gone to other oh, sides. Oh, yeah. I go to Odyssey House, and he goes to the DABC. I would say that you both yeah, have done yeah. well. Yeah, well, there you go. But our show is on addiction, and during the course, of, we've had how many weeks now? This is probably, we're getting close, well above 20 shows. Yeah, we are. Uh 26. 26 shows, yeah. Lee. And, and just for those watching, I'm a recovering alcoholic. Randall is as well. Lee, our producer, we just found out has had 44 years of sobriety. Wow. And that is That's why dumb. the camera's not shaking, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. this is steady cam. Yeah, I've got seven and you've got... Three this time. And Emily, our guest, has... 18 months. 18 months. Emily is a star graduate of our adolescent program and I just and I admire people I, I love going to our adolescent program we were talking about this beforehand if you and I would have thought about sobriety at Emily's age 18 what would have happened to the rest of our lives you know and and that's a question that's scary to ask but and she's got her whole life in front of her and she's done just great things at, at, at our adolescent program which is a residential program uh, and it's a tough program but that's her, for sure. You see, yeah, she, that's won't, for sure. she won't. Yeah, that. as a matter of fact, Randall showed Lee and I around about a year ago now. Uh, well, maybe not a year ago. We've got a chance to go down to the facility, and it is kind of a scary spot to be into. And I bet when you first walked through the doors, that was kind of your thought as well. Yeah, it was pretty intimidating. Um, I had never been in like a inpatient facility before, so walking in and like seeing all the kids and the staff and trying to learn all the rules was... What you know, did you think at first when you walked in? You self-admitted, right? Yes. Yeah. So after I was expelled from my high school, I, um, you know, my mom turned to me and she was like, well, either you find a rehab or we find a rehab. <laughs> and so I just wanted that, you know, that last little bit of control. And I was like, you know what? I'll find a rehab. So, um, yeah. So I had heard about Odyssey House through a friend, um, like a friend of a friend of a friend had gone to rehab and I mean it was the only one that I knew of and so it was the first so thing it was I definitely number one on your list yeah right <laughs> and um and so that was the first thing that I you know Odyssey was the first treatment center that I looked up and did some research on and um and I was just intrigued even by looking at the website um I looked at some other ones um not very great. I don't even remember the names of them, but um, uh, one of them is called the not so great 
rehab center. Yeah, yeah. that's I do remember that one. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> she wisely picked Odyssey over that one. Um. So yeah, so then I came in for a tour, um, and one of the residents who I'm still in contact with, um, she gave me a tour along with um, Rachel Santizo, who is a graduate of one of the adult programs. Mm -hmm. I don't know which one, but one of the adult programs. Um, And so I remember sitting in the director's office, Tammy Clark, sitting in her office and everyone was just kind of looking at me like, what do you think? And I remember thinking like, well, if I think too much about it, I'm not going to want to go in at all. But I know I need it. So let's do it. So I'm going to do the math. You're 18 now. Mm-hmm. 18 months ago, you were 16, thereabouts. And you had the maturity at the age of 16 to realize that you had to make a tremendous change. Um, I've been around 16-year-olds. That's not <laughs> many 16-year-old strong suit. Yeah. yeah, I kind of my whole life I've been mature in some ways but like that like thinking rationally in times that I need to but then I also started you know using alcohol when I was like 14 and being ridiculously immature about my decisions so it's kind of a you know she's a highly intelligent person and her parents are both very intelligent so we're talking about a you know, Randall, a lot of thought goes into it. I know her parents as well. You know, one of the interesting things in doing this show with 26 episodes is we've met a lot of people in recovery. Mm-hmm. And one of the common themes is that virtually to a person, these are all high, potentially really high-achieving people. Sure. That, well, and it also, we're, you know, we're on this show, we're going to try to emphasize. But it's kind of amazing that to a person, they all... Can yeah, do amazing except things. for you and me, we're not very high achievers, but well, she's going to be a great We've set high the bar at yeah, such a level, yeah. you're going to come across this show looking like a rocket scientist. Just for our, our listeners and viewers, can you just describe what you went through that got you to the point that you needed to seek a treatment program? Yeah. Um, well, I can either do the, the long version of just like what I think started it when I was like a child. Or just kind of like what I was using. It's kind of up to you guys. And I'd be interested to hear what what you thought happened at a young age that encouraged you to start drinking at fourteen. So um, when I was very young, I lost my dad to colon cancer, um, and even though I don't necessarily remember, like I don't how old were you when he passed? I was super young, like two or three months. Oh. Um, and so I don't really remember him and have memories of him being sick and stuff like that. But for the first mm, year and a half of my life, I, um, it was just me and my mom. And I'm a very strong believer in kind of like the subconscious versus conscious mind. And even if your conscious mind doesn't really realize something is happening, it doesn't mean that it's not affecting you in a very long-term kind of way. Um, and so one of the reasons that I started drinking was because I was so angry. I was angry because I tried to push people away. I didn't want people to get close because I didn't want to lose them. 
Um, and so there's no way to know for sure. But I personally think that it was it's my subconscious knows that I suffered a great loss, and so did my mom. Um, and just being with her in that time really affected me. Hmm. Um, but one of the interesting things, probably you were an amazing joy to your father in the few months yeah. he had before he passed away, knowing that he had fathered a girl and that, you know, I mean, probably an amazing thing for someone who was just a couple months to live. And, so. You know, one of the things we, we, and that's one of the reasons the Odyssey program works is because they try to drill down into stuff like that, and that would be called trauma. Uh, of some form, you know, you don't have to be molested or beaten for you to have suffered some trauma. And almost everybody in our program has suffered some kind of trauma. Mm -hmm. And so, did you figure this out at Odyssey, or? Yeah, I kind of had some base work, um, just from something that my mom told me. Um, I had like a a stealing phase before I started using. Hang on to your wallet. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I need the extra cash. Um, Keyword is face. <laughs> yeah. um, so eventually I got caught, and I remember when she confronted me about it, and I remember that really, really well. And that's kind of something that she told me is she thinks that that not only affected her, but it also affected me. And that's where the anger came from. It wasn't really that we put together um, that losing people went to anger, went to pushing people away, and like, you know, all of that. But she was the first one to make that connection. Um, and I'm really thankful, really, really thankful for my mom. Um, she has helped me a lot. And the man that she married to, who's now my dad, he's not my stepdad. He's not Mike. He's dad. Um, and they've just supported me through all of this and through all my ridiculously poor decisions. But Can you describe some of those poor decisions that got you booted out of school and into Odyssey? Mm-hmm, for sure. So, um, okay, let's see. So I was super angry kid, like getting into fights and whatnot. I remember in third grade, me and these two kids would go out and, like, wrestle. But it was really just me beating the hell out of them. Um, and they would go all the time? Yeah, I mean, they were, like, they were two guys, and they were, like, hey, oh, let's go out and get beat no up. Deal. Like, they were, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, one is now, you know, one of the best wrestlers in the nation. It's going to Princeton. You were a good trainer. Oh, apparently. Yeah, I was going to say. But, you know, they thought like, oh, well, it's a girl and we can beat a girl for sure. But in third grade, it's not so much. I mean, they would whoop me now. But hopefully, don't. we're not going to find that out. <laughs> right? Um, anyway, and always fighting with my brother and, you know, stuff like that. But we always... I. Guess not we. My parents always thought that it was a phase, and I would grow out of it. Um, and so, when I was fourteen, I started drinking casually, just kind of out of curiosity. 
um, because my parents casually drink. They have friends over and they all casually drink. Like they have a glass of wine with dinner and stuff like that. And I had this kind of back to the maturity thing is that I really wanted to be mature and I really wanted to be an adult. And that's also been kind of a theme through my life. Like when I was like seven, I wanted to, to drive to school. <laughs> I wanted to do it by myself. Um, which I'm really glad I didn't. Yes. That probably wouldn't have been yeah, so well. parents' insurance company <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, anyway, so when I was yeah 14, started drinking out of like curiosity and just fell in love with it immediately. It just kind of... Was it the taste? Was it the... Definitely not the taste. The feeling. Yeah, it was the feeling of being drunk and having the... I don't know if this is going to make any sense, but me being able to control when I'm out of control. Me getting to make that decision saying, I'm going to drink this much so I get drunk. Hmm. I mean... It's kind of an interesting concept, and it probably makes a lot more sense in my head than it does coming out of my mouth, but um, anyway, um, yeah, so I started drinking and smoking marijuana um, and using nicotine. Did you have any challenges finding all of the above? No. And None. for people watching, the perception is, is that it's hard to find alcohol and drugs in this town, and one thing I've learned from the show is not the case at all. No. How would you find it? Um, stealing from my parents, having my friends steal from their parents, um, older siblings. Um, it's out there. Yeah, it's there's definitely ways. You want it, you can get it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, there's there's a lot of ways. Okay. So as a 14-year-old, you have access to virtually anything. <clears throat> right. And so those are really... That's scary, by the way. Yes. And cocaine is expensive. How does a high school kid get cocaine? Well, so I like continue to drink and continue to use and use nicotine and marijuana and alcohol. Those were kind of my three. And I justified that by saying, well everyone experiments with those three so like it's not any different maybe doing a little earlier but I just thought that meant I was mature and I was becoming an adult um, and so then let's see you started junior year cocaine is that when you started working in a, as a server yes well as yeah so I worked as a, at a bus <clears throat> worked as a busser um, at a restaurant downtown. It's like a sit-down burger place. Um, and I was, you know, using those three, kind of experimenting with other stuff, like um, MDMA and LSD and mushrooms and stuff like that. Just pretty much anything I could find. Um, Xanax, Tramadol, and it was really just whatever someone offered. I was like, oh yeah, I want that. For sure. Um, so anyway, I was looking over one of the server's shoulders when she was texting. And I saw her send a text that was like, yeah, I have a gram. That'll be 60 bucks. I'll meet you, you know, wherever. 
And so being familiar with that lingo, I asked her, I was like, so like, what do you deal? Looking back on it, that wasn't the best idea. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, I am really lucky that she was like, oh, she's just a kid. She doesn't know that you don't ask a dealer about that kind of stuff. You typically don't. Yeah, so I <laughs> I am really lucky that she was so... You would have been uh, an amazing undercover officer for the Salt Lake Police <laughs> yeah, Department. Yeah. That would have been... <laughs> um, so, really thankful that she had mercy on me, for sure. And her boyfriend. But, anyway... She told me that she mainly sold cocaine. And I thought, I remember thinking like, well, alcohol doesn't really do much for me anymore. And, you know, weed is okay, but it smells and it's, you know, it's like comparatively big, I guess. Uh, Takes up a lot of room. And so it just wasn't practical in my mind. And I was like, oh yeah, that sounds great. Like, I'll be able to stay awake in class. I'll be, like, extra productive. Like, this is, gr- this is great. The only downside is it's illegal and I could get addicted, but that's no big deal. Okay. Right? Yeah. As a 16-year-old, I was like, yeah, that's great. Yeah, this is case in point why we typically don't let 16-year-olds vote. <laughs> right. <laughs> Though maybe they would do yeah. a better job. Who knows? Um, yeah, so I went home after my shift and used, and I was like, wow, this is great. Um, And that's what I used my paychecks on. Um, And then when that money ran out, I was using, well, at the height of my using, I was was spending about $400 a week on substance. A teenager, $400 a week. Yeah. Wow. Um, So, obviously, my part-time job, my part-time high school job paying me $6 an hour, which is... Mm -hmm technically not illegal because I got tips but I didn't make a lot of money at all I needed to make more I didn't want to steal money from my family because I was like oh well that's too far Um, where I like why I drew the line there I'm not really sure it was December of my junior year so 2017 and I was on the basketball team and I was the manager so I didn't play, but I still got to go to all the games and I got all the gear. It's a lot of fun. Um, and so I was kind of someone that people would come to. And so I was friends with most of the girls on the team. Um, anyway, we went to Manila for a tournament and it was an overnight tournament. And I couldn't go a day without alcohol or cocaine and so I was like well it's fine I'll just bring it with me um a lot of the girls like junior and senior girls also asked me if I could bring them alcohol and so basically that one night I don't remember much of it but everybody was totally trashed um and we were like okay just don't let any underclassmen in because they're we we said they're gonna snitch on us which now I'm really glad that they did, but that's what we called it. They're going to snitch on us, don't let them in. But there came a point in the night where we were being so loud and we were so disoriented that one of the freshmen came to knock on the door and we just let him in. And I don't remember this, but apparently did, you know, like an eight-inch line, like right in front of her. 
How'd that work out? <laughs> that, not so well. Um, and anyway, so we drank it all, and I finished my bag and whatever. So we were on our way home, and someone was like, I, th- I think we let one of the freshmen into our room last night. No, it's probably fine. It's probably fine. They're they're not they're not gonna snitch on us because we're the big kids and you don't wanna you know, you don't wanna seem uncool to like the big kids on the basketball team, especially at such a small school and I was just telling myself it was totally fine. The next day getting an email from my coach, I was like, We heard these rumors and just listed all of the stuff that we did and Ooh. we need, you know, these five girls to come in. And this was over winter break. Um, and so I, like, that kind of old crap moment. Um, and so what did I do? I drank. I drank for the whole winter break. I was drunk for 22 days. And at the, like, at the time, I was really proud of it. Like, counting every day, like, Snapchatting all my friends, like, woo, day 17! not so great anyway I come back the first day come back to school they bring me into the principal's office they suspend me and I was I totally denied everything but because I was such an angry teenager they were like well we can't have you at school because if you figure out who told us we're scared for their safety so you can't come on property until we figure this out eventually I came clean with what I had done um, and I got expelled then that's what my mom told me. You pick a rehab or we'll pick a rehab. Um, and so that's, yeah, that's what happened to get me there. Um, a good and a bad story, I guess. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what's really cool is where she's going now. Maybe you can. Yeah. So fast forward 18 months. Okay. And what's your life like now? I moved out of my parents' house. Um, I really really worked hard um, both in Odyssey in my like in my treatment but also in my education and so they let me back in hey fantastic yeah it was it was good and so I guess I was like one of the first people that they've let back in after being expelled and I'm not really sure but that's something I bet and my mom is really proud of so you would Um, go from Odyssey house up to Roland Hall for classes so I did um, okay so January of 2018 I got expelled and I went into Odyssey I was inpatient there until August um, and then I took classes at the community college for that fall oh no let's see yeah for that fall semester and then in the spring, they let me back in to do the last semester and kind of finish up. And so you graduated with your class? I did. Yeah. Wow. What a difference. And now you're going to? Now I'm going to the University of Utah. Starting in the fall, I'm doing um, biomedical engineering. I. That's what Randall and I both started. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. yeah. This is where you ended up? Yeah. It, it didn't go well. <laughs> oh, she's no dummy. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, it didn't go well for us. So that's... That's my major, but then I want to go into med school and uh, practice addiction medicine 
hopefully in the research and development aspect of things. Um, yeah, I just got a full-time job down at Gateway doing security, which is really interesting because I've kind of, uh, one of the Gateway's biggest problems is what's well, right across from the homeless shelter. And so there's a lot of homeless individuals and a lot of um, illicit drug use on property, and basically our job is to just keep it off property. We don't arrest people. We don't call the cops. We, If they're overdosed, we take care of them and call an ambulance. That's pretty much it. Other than that, we escort them off the property. So it's really interesting to kind of be on both sides of that. And even though I wasn't like in the shelter and homeless and in the same like socioeconomic class as these as these people the thought processes are very similar and so now being on the other side of it it's a lot easier for me to recognize and have empathy oh. for these people uh, which is one of the reasons I wanted to do security at Gateway um, so yeah and I live alone and well, you were yeah. amazingly independent, and this half hour has flown. Yeah, it has. <laughs> Your story, Isn't she incredible? I mean, you know, Odyssey's very proud of her. Her parents are very proud. She's gone through a lot of crap, and she's done well. You know, and she's, and she's really intelligent. I mean, it's, I don't mean to pump you up, but, but I'm impressed by her. <laughs> I appreciate so, it. Yeah. Well, you. and the other thing is you know that as things go forward, life is not easy, but you've gone through some amazingly tough times. Yeah, it's 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 been rough, for sure. Um, but I put myself in all of those positions, and I know that I can now kind of get out of what I hope is going to be the worst. I hope I've already kind of passed that barrier in my life. Um, you have. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm really confident in the skills that Odyssey has taught me. Um, that I can get through the rest of my life semi-easily. And obviously there's going to be ups and downs, but I feel prepared. You know, when you buy a car, you get an owner's manual. Mm-hmm. When you get born, we don't get an owner's manual for our brain. And one of the things that maybe I've learned the hard way is that there's some situations we get in, and having someone to talk to is the most important thing. Absolutely. Because there are some people out there... and. We talked about at the beginning of the show, there are people out here that are trying to help you and you and sure. myself and Lee, and, and there are people that care. And once you make that phone call, once you start getting information, and there are rehabs all over, Randall's lucky enough to, after Channel 4, he had an opportunity to stay on with 4 for many more years, but had a chance to go work for Odyssey, and it's been the most rewarding period of your life. It's a, it, it just feels so good working for a, an agency that that does good things. I mean, we don't succeed with everyone. I'm sure she's seen people walk out. They they leave a lot. But the ones who do succeed, and you see a story like this, it's like, right on. I get to work at a place that works with people like Emily and uh, changes lives. You know. If someone's got a question, what's a great number to call? Great. I'm glad you asked me that, Trip. Uh, the number is 801-322-3222. And for those of watching on TV, Lee will put it right at the bottom of the screen. And that's a number at Odyssey House. And call and talk to someone. They've got some really smart, great people answer the phones. And there's rehabs all over the country. Right. They're, they're inpatient, outpatient. There are so many resources available to those of us in the state of Utah. Take advantage of one. Sure. And that phone call would be great, whether it's you, a child, a, a spouse, friend. 
that sort of call mm -hmm. is super important. Yep. And uh, what a great story. Thank you so much for yeah, coming of on. Of course. And I just want to say that if the adolescent program is something that um, viewers or listeners are interested in I and they have any questions for me, I am absolutely open to that. Um, We'll put your email at the bottom of the screen. Yep, that works. And what is that your works. email for our listeners on iTunes? So it's just my first and last name, Emily Orphanakis, but that's kind of difficult. So I'll spell it out. How do you spell <laughs> your Orphanakis? O-R-F-A-N-K-I-S. Close. Orphanakis. Go ahead. <laughs> so my first name's a little different, too. So it's E-M-I-L-I-E. -I -I -E. Okay. Last name is O R F. A N A K I S at gmail.com. Okay. So, well, yeah. Emily, thank you so much. This was a delight. Randall, as usual. We could even arrange, if you, if you have some kids you want to, that you're interested in or think you might be interested mm -hmm. in, we could arrange for Emily to give you, she doesn't work for Odyssey, but, but uh, <laughs> to give you a tour of our place. Yeah, oh, absolutely. that would be wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Boy, what a fast paced half hour. Thank yeah. you as always. Emily, thank, thank you. you so much. Yeah, of course. We'll see you next time. Thanks for watching.